Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. The Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by your boy, AJ Johnson. And below, we have my best friend in the whole entire world, Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. And not on a Monday, we have <laughs> Dylan, the smoothest voice in sports casting currents. Gentlemen, it's a beautiful April 6th evening here in the city. Episode 15 is about to be underway. We have a great show ahead of us. We are breaking down the NFC West uh, draft profiles, all that good stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be a great show. Dylan, I got to be honest with you. I want to start. I want to start the show off like this. Got to be honest. Completely honest. I miss calling you Scroneck. <laughs> I was waiting. I do. It took us 15 to get into this. I was waiting. No, I, I, I didn't I've want said it, it before. I've said it before, but I think once football season starts getting getting going again, I'll probably like revert back to that. Um, but I do. Mi- I just want you to know that I miss calling you Scroneck. Gotcha. I do. Gotcha. That, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. But uh, I disagree. Yeah, I, I, I did. It wasn't really like a, a thing. You can- <laughs> How do you disagree with him missing calling you that? That's not something you can disagree with. <laughs> well, I do. I disagree a lot on this show. Yeah. We all disagree right. with you a lot on this show as You're well. Really right. Right, so. <laughs> and apparent and apparently everyone else really disagrees with you as well because our YouTube critics absolutely hate you. Uh, but you are you, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, again, April 6th, episode 15, breaking down the NFC North today. Uh AJ, how goes it with you, buddy? It's going quite well. Just uh okay. this has been so much fun already. Uh, the amount of prospects i'm getting to view just to find out who i want to talk to everybody about getting me caught up for whenever i'm going to do my first mock draft probably here in a week or so uh it's pretty dope i'm excited it's been a good day i've been looking forward to this part of the day so uh, i'm glad we're here can't wait to take it do it for fellas let's do it there you go there you go. Well, let's get into these top stories here tonight. We kick things off with the tr- the not the trade, the signing that took place earlier this morning. Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills agreed on a four year, hundred and four million dollar extension, which included seventy million dollars guaranteed. Stefan Diggs is happy to be back in Buffalo. He had this tweet uh, that he posted just to just as this was happening. This man is excited. He posted the Leonardo DiCaprio, this one right here. Bill's Mafia, I am not effing leaving. He is going to be back. You like that? That's you like so that? Great. Yeah, there, so you there you go. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, decided to do a little extra work to, to pop up that tweet. Uh, AJ, let's start with you. Uh, what were your thoughts on this deal? And is this, uh, is this the right amount of money for Stefan Diggs? It's the right time, Um, and I'm not mad at the money. I mean, he's a season removed from having a career year uh, playing lights out for the Buffalo Bills, and he's very, very – it's good for the Bills to have locked down their number one, the guy that they feel like Josh Allen can ride with for the future and allows them to keep just putting those weapons that work well with the scheme um, around him and Josh Allen. So I like the deal. Uh, Second highest guaranteed money for wide receiver in NFL history. Um, Smart man to wait Devontae Adams out, and look, he got the payday. Uh, well deserved, and I hope it. Uh, I hope it shows up on the field, which I'm sure it will. Yeah, yeah, he is now uh, the second most guaranteed money for a wide receiver in NFL history. Tyreek Hill had 72 million dollars. Stephon Diggs 70 million dollars. Julio Jones 66. Oof. Uh, and then is that is that? <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say Julio is an oof because he he was good at at, at one. Yeah. yeah, at that time. Um, but do we? do we continue to see Stefan Diggs get better and better? He's, he's just now entering in the prime of his career, right? This is a, a great signing for the Buffalo bills, right? Dylan. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about matches made in heaven. When he got dealt from Minnesota, um, it was sort of like bad turmoil there. He wanted out. They ended up fixing it, and they sent him to a place like Buffalo. And he got a great relationship with Josh Allen right away with that offense. He had a great year, and he backed it up this year playing pretty well, pretty good football. And, I mean, he's just a good fit for that team, good fit for that offense. It's great that they were able to work together and get a deal done. He's happy. The fans are happy. His quarterback's happy. Everybody's happy here in this situation. So I love the deal. I love the extension. And uh, it makes sense. Pay your players. And they did it. Yep. Yep. Aaron, what were your thoughts? Um, I've seen it coming. I mean, we talked, you know, his brother put that tweet out about how he would love to play with his brother in Dallas. But I don't, I think we all knew that <laughs> Stefan Diggs wasn't going anywhere. AJ mentioned him waiting out Devonte Adams kind of waiting out Tyreek Hill and, and he slotted right in between there. And there's nothing wrong with these. One of the best receivers in football, excellent route runner. He does wonders for that bill's offense. And it goes to show you how his teammates reacted to it. Josh Allen was like, yes, um, they're best of friends. They hang out. Uh, Josh Allen needs his weapon. So, and then Emmanuel Sanders was on NFL network talking about how good, Stefan Diggs actually is and how much the team kind of gravitates to him and how important he is to that team. So look, Buffalo's offense needs Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen needs Stefan Diggs. And uh, they kept him for four years. I thought it was a good deal for Buffalo as well. They didn't sign one of those Amari Cooper five, six year deals where maybe in two or three years when he does cross that 30 mark, you're looking to move him. Um, and and kind of feel that impact of the salary cap. I think right here you get four good years out of them, and then you can kind of reassess if you want to put them on another one or two year deal to to keep them around if he's still performing or not. Where does he? Uh, where did you have him ranked in your uh, wide receiver? Uh, your your top seven wide receivers? You t- was he higher or lower than Cooper Cup? Uh, he's much, he's higher than Cooper cup. Um, <laughs> Stefan Diggs is a, I believe I had him at five, five or four. Um, he he's a top five guy to me. Uh, and again, this includes, we talked about guys that are, that are younger, that are obviously ascending the Jamar chases of the world. But as far as what we have right now, he's a top five guy for me and people don't appreciate the, the art of route running and Stefan Diggs is one of the best route runners in football, arguably the best, obviously Devonte Adams will have something to say about that guys like Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper might have something to say about that, but the way he runs routes, he, he can, he can basically take any corner one-on-one and you're going to have trouble with him. So, um, Stefan Diggs is up there. He deserves the payday and, and shout out to, to AJ for pointing out second most guaranteed money in NFL history. It seems like we're saying that every single <laughs> week now, because yeah. obviously the money's getting ridiculous. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you guys this question. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if someone has already said it in the chat, but the list of wide receivers that everyone keeps talking about who's next, who's next. It's like Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, AJ. I'll, I'll ask this question just to, just to you, just for you, buddy. Which one of those wide receivers gets the big payday next? I mean, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an A.J. Brown. Uh, you're hearing a lot of these conversations about trade rumors. And uh, from the moment I heard, it, I was like, ain't no way in hell. Even with the season he had, what he forced himself to be able to do through injury last year, just because it meant so much to that team. Uh, he's going to be the playmaker for Ryan Tannehill or whoever's to come after. Uh, I think he's going to be the next guy to play his way and talk his way into a much bigger contract. DK Metcalf would be next for me, but Seattle just has so many things that they have to handle before they can even think about handing a wide receiver a big day, a big deal contract like that. So I go with AJ Brown. Yeah. And Terry McLaurin, I forgot I was also on that list, but I still, I would, I'm in agreeing with you. I'm in agreement with you that I do think it's going to be AJ Brown because that name is continues to pop up him and DK Metcalf. There were reports out today that, that the jets offered the the 10th overall pick to, to the Seattle Seahawks. They turned it down. Then there were reports saying that that wasn't true. It's going to get wild before this NFL draft. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to get crazy. Uh, the other news, which was a trade that had to do with the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles sent uh, the New Orleans Saints picks 16 and picks 19 for really pick 18. There's a lot of lower picks in this, but really it's centered around 18 for 16 and 19. Aaron, you said you were, I don't want to say hot on this, but you had something to say about this. So what were your thoughts on this deal? Yeah. Well, people on the surface were like, that's a bad deal for Philadelphia. How are, you know, how are they giving up a first round pick um, and not getting anything back? And, you know, People forget that when you draft in the first round, you have to pay that first round pick 
accordingly. So if you have three first round picks, guess what happens? You have three first round tenders, right? You have to pay that money to each one of them. And then four years, guess what? If they all pan out, you got to pay them all again, right? You get a fifth year option. So all these end up coming up at the same time. So a lot of teams that love to stack picks, they don't want to stack three first rounders in the same year. That's really what this deal was about. It's to move that first rounder out of this year. You move it into the next year. Now you have two this year, two next year. It also gives them some flexibility with Jalen Hurts to see if he's going to be the quarterback of the future, right? It gives them another year. They don't have to draft a quarterback this year. Gives them another year in the next year instead of wasting that first, I don't want to say wasting, instead of using that first round pick on a quarterback, they still have an extra one to go out and get some needs that they can address. Uh, I thought it was great for Philadelphia to do that. I know everybody got excited about three first rounders, but trying to pay three first rounders and keep them all after four years, it's a lot. And then you're trying to hit on all three, right? Um, and then I also liked what the Saints were able to do because now it gives the Saints some flexibility. Do they maybe draft a quarterback too because now they have an extra extra pick, maybe somebody for some insurance policies there. Um, I, I really thought the deal was pretty even on both sides, and I like what both teams did there. Dylan, what were your thoughts on the trade? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more there. That was a good point there. I was going to go on the route of the quarterback where it gives teams flexibility. Look, the Saints, they got Jameis Winston in their room, and sure, they signed Andy Dalton. But um, other than that, I mean, really, there's no long-term answer. Winston's coming off an ACL. He could be the answer, but that's still a risky business there. They have the ability now to go get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class, which is still pretty bad. But, hey, if you could go get them, and then they believe that could be something they do this year. Plus, they're a team that's not far off from competing. Philadelphia side, again, with the quarterbacks, it allows them, if Hurts stinks it up this year, if there's something that happens, there's a chance for them to go get one next year, and it gives them that extra flexibility. And you still got two this year, so, I mean, you're all right. And it's a better and it's a better quarterback draft class next year. Exactly. Uh, projected quarterback draft class. But I did want to mention something about the Saints. Don't be surprised, and you might see this in my mock draft, if they take that Philadelphia Eagles pick they just got and package their two first rounders now to move up for either um, Ikemekwanu or uh, Evan Neal. If they just lost to Ron Armstead, to have somebody on that left side, don't be surprised if they make a move like that. We've seen this from a number of teams. We saw it with the Dolphins. We've seen it with the Niners before where they've traded about a month before the draft and then they've used those picks right? Like close to draft day or on draft day to move up and get one of their top players. So don't be surprised if that happens here with the saints. That'd be a huge, that'd be a huge move. I expect a lot of trades, a lot of movement this year in the first round. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, when the draft comes, we will be live for the entire first round. We'll probably be live for the entire second and third round. You are not going to want to miss a single second of sack city draft coverage. AJ, tell them where they can follow us to get even more draft coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want even more draft coverage, follow us on all of our social medias, you know, at Sac City Pod on Facebook, at Instagram, where Penny is still killing it with the graphics. Our Twitter's popping, our YouTube stays popping, where Aaron is killing it with the videos. And of course, on TikTok, where Dylan and I will one day don ourselves and make videos and be a part of the Sac City family. Sure. Head on over to all of those wonderful social media platforms at Sac City Pod. Hit those likes, hit those loves, hit those shares. Your boys are back in town. Sac City, baby. Let's do it. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. Let's get into this NFC West draft coverage. Now, if you guys missed our show on Monday, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, Please go back and, and tune in and listen to it on all the podcasting platforms. Or if you want to watch us, it is in very easily clipped videos on our YouTube page at Sac City Pod, just like AJ mentioned before. Uh, so please go check that out now. We are going to be breaking down the N NFC West. We are going to be bringing up one player that these teams must draft in this upcoming draft. It can be a first round pick, second round pick, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. It don't matter. We are going to be breaking it down. Let's start off with the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. They currently own the 104, the 142, and others. Uh, their biggest needs are a cornerback, an edge rusher, and an offensive lineman. AJ, start off with you, buddy. Who is a must-draft player for the Los Angeles Rams? Okay. Well, as we know, the Los Angeles Rams started the new era of draft picks, 
who needs them? And they just won a Super Bowl. So I have their pick coming up in round three, uh, pick 104. As you know, they were able to maintain Joseph Noteboom uh, after Andrew Whitworth retired, but I still think they're going to need some help on that line. And I have a guy who was a part of the best uh, – tackle duo in the country and that for me is going to be mr luke goatkey from central michigan so this guy uh next to bernard raymond on the other side is a great run block he has great hands he's really good at sealing the edge uh this guy had 94.3 run blocking grade in 2021 and definitely stepped up uh as you see a lot of this tape uh came from some of the good uh some of the top-notch programs in the sec playing against missouri playing against lsu uh he held his own for a lot now he's this is a third round pick so he's gonna have some issues that needs to be cleaned up i think his technique is a little messy he's gonna get called for some holes in the nfl and his stamina needs to improve as the game goes on he wears down a little bit and you can see that if you watch his clips from lsu those edge rushers as fast and powerful as they are we're getting by him a little easier than they were in quarters one and two but as a third-round pick and a guy that you're going to develop and need help for in the seasons to come, you can slide him in at tackle. You can slide him in at guard. And uh, I think he'll be a good guy for the Rams in the future. Luke Goatkey, Central Michigan. Round three, pick 104. Nab him up. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was arguably the best take I've ever heard AJ say. Not just because it was a good take and it was who it, who it should be, probably. But that was that was hot, dude. You had the – that was – I, this new AJ is just coming out swinging, man. Came out with the fast, came new, out with the This new, hey, new AJ. Hey, I, I like I like <laughs> alumni AJ, man. Alumni AJ is where it's at. I hear you so much. <laughs> you need to tell me if I'm valedictorian or not. I'm tired of waiting. Oh, <laughs> you are. We are. We already know you are. We already know you are. Yeah. No, uh, AJ hit it right on the head. Um, he he's a very very good player. His his weaknesses. I'll play the devil devil's advocate because that's what that's what we do on this show. Um, some of his weaknesses are he has shorter arms, so sometimes it, it's hard for him to stay attached, especially to those fast guys that AJ was talking about. Um, he could be a bit late if he's if you see a lot in front of him, he can tend to get kind of lost with blitzes and defenses that tend to move a lot. But you're talking about a first team All Mac selection, so this guy this guy can can handle his own. He started 25 games at right tackle. Um, you know, he's got that experience there. I think he'll be a nice fit, especially on a team that I don't think you really need to go into and start right away. You can kind of funnel him in, get him some experience, maybe play that backup role like a Joe Noteboom was doing at first, uh, fill in, get some experience, and then uh, go from there. So the Rams have done a good job because they haven't had many first round picks. They've done a really good <laughs> job of drafting guys late, right? Later on in the draft and having them come in and be productive. So uh, I thought that was a good selection there. Yep. Yep. Uh, Aaron, what are you what do you got for your pick? Um, my pick and my pick is also another it's kind of a, a late round uh, guy. Maybe some people haven't even heard of. Uh, I mean, he's out here on the West Coast. He's a defensive lineman. I'm thinking round four here again. Late pick for the Rams. My guy is Otito Ogbonia. I think that's Who? how you say his name. That's right. Otito Ogbonia. He's from UCLA. He's an interior guy. Now we talk about the the offseason and how Aaron Donald might retire. Now we all know Aaron Donald's coming back, but this is a guy that can sit behind Aaron Donald and learn because we don't know how long Aaron Donald's going to play. This is a guy that's, that's big physical. He's, he's up front. He likes to just plug right over the center and he just takes up space. And I know, you know, at six, three, three that's what we want those guys to do on the nose. He has really good upper body strength, good against double teams. Um, some of the things he lacks in is in, in open space, obviously being that big, but he had two sacks last year. Uh, this is a guy I think that can come in, be a project and learn behind Aaron Donald and, and have some success being taught by the second best defensive player of all time. <laughs> oh, second best, second best. I feel like he's going back and forth from now on. I feel like he was first once. Over Lawrence Taylor? No, 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 no. I said I said, I've said he's the greatest defensive lineman that's ever played. Yep. But second best defensive player ever, always behind. Oh, I gotta Taylor. go into the archives. Did you'll, never, <laughs> you'll never find that. I promise you that. You'll never find that I said that. Ever. Okay. 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 I like watching this, it, so it's okay. <laughs> it, Lawrence it, Taylor it, is just different. 
it's nice for the Rams right now because obviously all these picks I feel like for the Rams are are depth picks. It's not someone that necessarily is going to come in and start be a big time impact player starter day one. Obviously, uh, when your first pick is in the third round, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up and, and go continue on this defense side here real quick. Uh, and I am gonna go with someone. It's a name that it's it's very familiar with the Los Angeles uh, area. And before I go into <laughs> saying why he should be the pick. My pick right here is Kobe Bryant, the cornerback from Cincinnati. But before the B-roll starts rolling, the reason I asked you gentlemen about Isaiah Thomas before the show is there are three players in this NFL draft that have the same exact name as superstars from the NBA, Kobe Bryant included, and Isaiah Thomas and Chris Paul, all players that are in this draft and also superstar basketball players of, yeah. What? Good comparison, what? host. I like it. Only you. Only you. Hey, hey, man. No, I'm I trying to give it. some. I love it. I'm trying to give some substance here. You know, I'm trying to set myself you apart. Me off you, 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 you can't. Damn, would you look at that? There you go. There you go. And that's and just to let everyone know, I asked about Isaiah Thomas because, well, first of all, I'm not really an NBA guy, so I really didn't really know who he was. I knew who of of the like most recent Isaiah Thomas, who was like, he's not a legend. Like, why would it matter that his name is Isaiah Thomas and his name is Isaiah Thomas? It sparked a massive debate on the show before we even went live about <laughs> Isaiah Thomas being good or not. We've or already mentioned Isaiah Thomas's name too many times today. Let's move on. Yeah, I guess this is about Kobe Bryant Maybe. and not Isaiah Thomas. Kobe Bryant, RIP, the legend. But this Kobe Bryant is the pick that the Los Angeles Rams need to make. Kobe Bryant brings something that the Los Angeles Rams need to need to have. I obviously lost Darius Williams uh, in free agency, but Kobe Bryant, the cornerback out of Cincinnati, had 37 breakups since 2018. That led the nation uh, in past breakups. He's an efficient mover and, and what scouts call as sticky. That's one of the words that I found a lot when I was looking up what Kobe Bryant was about. Everyone seemed to have that word to describe what he is. He is sticky. He plays in that zone heavy seat, that zone heavy scheme that fits the rate what the Rams do in Los Angeles he'd be a perfect fit to play alongside Jalen Ramsey and it's a pick obviously he fits LA his name is perfect it's a match made in heaven right there and uh yeah Kobe Bryant is a must-have pick for the Los Angeles Rams in round three LA superstar Kobe Bryant you know you mentioned 38 breakups since 2018 that or 2017 that reminds me a lot of Taylor Swift another superstar out there in the Hollywood area I can't with you. I cannot. Uh, I, I can't. I, I just, you know what's really what? sad about this, though? You know what? I'm actually kind of angry because not even 30 minutes ago did I mention Taylor Swift to our damn intern on a text message. Here comes damn Dylan with the same mindset. Jeez, I got to change my life. I got to make better life choices. Uh, if this guy is there to cover, I think you're getting a going. He's a playmaker. He likes to be around the ball. But just don't let a running back come his way because he's not going to tackle anybody. Uh, yeah. that, that's the one thing I worry about in the run game. And, you know, as a DB, you don't really have to, but those corners that can stick their nose in there and make some plays, it, it does change a defense. Um, this guy's not going to do that. He tends to dive at guys, um, misses a lot of tackles. But as far as cover skills, especially you mentioned the scheme that the Rams play, I do think that's a good fit. And we always talk about being mentored by somebody. If you're going to be mentored by somebody, be mentored by the best. To go play in college with Sauce Gardner, who's going to be a top pick in this draft, and then go move up to the professional level and have Jalen Ramsey in that in those meeting rooms in that locker room, there's so much you can learn there. So, um, And they're definitely going to need a, a defensive back after losing Darius Williams. So it's a good pick. Yeah, and the one one last thing about him too that I saw that you brought up the fact that he's going to have to be learning from from a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Scouts say he's a great mind. He's got a great mind, and he's great in the room to learn to absorb all the knowledge. And that's uh, that's going to be like a theme with all my picks tonight. Is they're going to be great character guys to have in the locker room and in the film room. Kobe Bryant to the Los Angeles Rams. Dylan, take it away. Yeah, I'm going deep. You talk about good draft coverage and looking like legit into players. They hit on their, the, the late round picks. Ooh, spit it out. Um, safety. I'm going here sixth round. I'm diving into 212, a safety out of Georgia Tech. His name's Juanye Thomas. Juanye Thomas is legit. Now, I watched him play football against Notre Dame when I went to that game, and he was all over the place. Uh, he's great against the run. He's got long arms and can make plays. 
He's a phenomenal special teams player as well. And that's what you get sometimes in these sixth round, seventh round undrafted players. You have someone, and if he can tackle, he has that great tackling ability. Put him on as a gunner opposite Ben Skoranek on the other side to make some tackles on the punt team. That's what it's all about. You know, he's a good special teamer. He's had an inter, he's had an interception in every single year, right? Every single year he's had a pick. This guy's a pretty good football player. He could be a steal in the sixth round. Like I said, long arms, can make plays, and he's a great tackler. That's, that's, that's someone right there. He had two, two forced fumbles last year as well. I think he could be a steal in the sixth round. Juanye Thomas, Georgia Tech. Are you, are you pronouncing that right? Not a sure clue. Not, you sure it's not Juanye? Just Juanye. Juanye. Kanye, Wanye, Wanye, Wanye. Just saying, it's just Wanye. Um, he no, wouldn't call his boy life. You, you talked, you talk about like guys in the sixth round. I thought you hit it on the head when you talked about special teams. A lot of those guys do go play special teams, and the difference that separates those sixth and seventh round guys to making rosters and end up being impact is their motor. And this dude's motor is unreal. He's all like Dylan said, he's all over the field. He doesn't stop. And he is going to lay a hat on you when he has the opportunity. No, I don't expect him to come in and start somewhere, but that is like the perfect spot to start is on special teams, go down, hit somebody. And next thing you know, you're noticed. And now you're playing a little bit of nickel coverage as a safety or, you know, some dime packages as a safety and you start to make your mark there. So I, I really like his motor and he has a chance to make an impact at least to start his career on special teams. Yeah, and say what you will about the ACC, but there are some playmakers in there, and Georgia Tech had themselves a pretty good year uh, playing against some of those guys, and he was a big part of it. So we just have to see it translate into the NFL. Uh, His discipline needs to kind of tighten up. He's one of those guys that really does look for the hit, but, you know, you have to make sure you're sticking to your assignment as well, and there's sometimes he gets a little tackle happy, and it can cost you, but I, I do like the pick. Good pick. And, and, you know, what else we talk about how they're drafting for depth here and no one's going to really become that big of an impact player. But if you can get someone on special teams, that's someone who can come in day one and have an impact like our boy, Benny Scro, Ben Skoranek, AKA Scro neck. What, 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 where did he get drafted? What was he drafted? Or was he an undrafted guy? He was either guy? undrafted or a late rounder. I'm pretty sure you don't undrafted. even know. I'm pretty how sure he was undrafted. That's your best your friend. friend. Come on, man. was drafted as the 249th pick. It was very late. It Round was seven. very late. Round seven. What a guy. He, star- he, he, he was legitimate. Why. He was running routes in the Super Bowl. But that's but that's what to your point. Like the seventh <laughs> round pick, he made his mark on special teams. And then you have a couple of injuries. And next thing you know, you're in a big game and you're doing stupid things like dropping wide open passes. Wide open he had fantasy relevance. But he did get that when? opportunity to play. When, when I did he have brother? fantasy relevance? Were you playing in some special teams league? <laughs> I think he <laughs> had one catch for six yards. When he beat your brother? He had. Didn't he have one point six? Right, one catch, six yards. One point six. I beat goodness him by gracious. one. <laughs> goodness gracious! Oh my goodness! All right, let's move on to the next team in the NFC West. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Their needs look like this: they need an edge, they need a cornerback, a wide receiver. They got the twenty-third pick in the first round and the fifty-fifth pick. The second round followed up by the 87th and third and so on and so forth. I want to start this off here because I did not pick one, one of the needs that we have listed here. I kind of went off the board here and this is even a third round pick. So this really isn't like a, a big time depth pick. My guy here for the Arizona Cardinals is James cook, the running back out of Georgia. Now, I know that they just locked down James Conner to a a big guaranteed money here, but you get James Cook in here. You just lost Chase Edmonds. You need a change of pace back. You need a running back that's going to be able to fit and work with Kyler Murray on third down, and he could do that. Sometimes you can line him up in the slot. He is that running back to take the weight off of James Conner's hands. I know we talk about how the running back position is uh, almost dying. You don't need to spend big on him. I think you can find him in the early to late third round. Perfect spot for the Arizona Cardinals to draft him. Uh, Again, he's a great change of of pace back. He's good at blocking. He can work from the slot. He can do everything. He's obviously not what Dalvin Cook is. So James Cook is the brother of Dalvin Cook. He can't do exactly what he did, what he did. He's not going to play at that level, but with Kyler Murray, he's a great fit on that offense. He's a great change of pace back for James Conner. Go get him, Arizona Cardinals, James Cook. I hate it. Do you? I knew you would. I hate it. I knew you would. I I hate it. First of all, the disrespect you're showing to Eno Benjamin 
is is just not nice. Eno Benjamin's a good backup. Eno Benjamin's going to get some playing time in Arizona this year behind James Conner. But James Conner's not coming off the field on these third downs like that. Like what we saw James Conner do in the passing game last year should solidify him as a pretty much a three down back. If you're going to spell him, yeah, you can spell him. I I think Arizona has so many needs. That, that in so many positions, I don't think they're even have time to draft a running back. Like the defensive side of the ball, losing Chandler Jones, having no DBs, losing their wide receiver help in AJ Green. And all you have now is DeAndre Hopkins and who knows about a Rondell Moore. James Cook could be a wide receiver. James Cook can play in the slot. Give him a Cooper no, Cup type on, role. Man, listen, no, you know. no, stop. Just stop. This is not a knock on James Cook. I think James <laughs> Cook is one of the better more versatile running backs coming out of this draft because his ability to pass protect and his ability to catch the football is very, is at the upper echelon of this group. But I think Arizona has so many needs that in the third round, I think it's still too early to be good looking at a running back. It's not that James cook doesn't belong in that area or he shouldn't be drafted in that area. I just think Arizona themselves have so many other needs that they need to, that defense is going to need help. Because we see that offense, they, they're so fast-paced. When they go three and out, it puts the defense right back on the field. They have no depth defensively, especially on the back end. Um, I think that was evident. When you look at all of our picks coming up, look where we all went. Look where we all went. And then that's where I decided wanted to, to go. That, that's where I kind of wanted that's to go with, with mine first because I knew that it would be – I knew that the, the pick would not be, like, well-received. Maybe I'll be the Dylan of what – for the Arizona Cardinals fans, they'll no, hate it, me for it's, it. It's not – again, it's not a bad the, – the choice of the player is not bad because I really do like him. I, I just think the spot for him is not in Arizona. Like, I think yeah, they, with signing Connor and Eno Benjamin being there, I think they're okay. Yeah, he'd have to just fall in their lap and then they fall in love with the idea of another weapon because of the weapons they lost. But he, he, you're right. You're talking about a team that has improved year over year. And then at the end of the second half of both seasons, they're falling off and there's reasons for that. And now they are missing what they're missing pieces in critical areas. And if you don't have those buttoned up, you're not looking at a nine and zero run. You're not looking at uh, a playoff berth. You're looking at trying to figure out where everything went wrong. Um, so you know, it's not a bad pick. I, I love James Cook. You know why. Um, but I, I'm going to go a little different. And we will jump over to the defensive side of the ball. And I think this guy uh, who I chose is going to be a solid, solid find if they decide to pick him up. And I'm going round one, pick 23. And I'm going with Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. I don't know how more people aren't talking about this guy. An absolute stud. Uh, his football IQ was top-notch, upper echelon. Uh, great ball skills, great effort, great hustle. He plays with a smart aggression. Like, he's not just looking to hit somebody. He's making sure he's set up in the right spot to hit somebody. He plays downhill so fast. 18.5 tackles for loss last season. He's played a little bit of safety. He's played a little bit of linebacker. He lined up at slot cornerback over and over again, was a big part of this Baylor defense. Uh, and anytime you see the ball, if the ball is near, Petrie's right there as well. This guy, he he's he's going to be a solid all-around defensive player. Anybody who picks up Jalen Petrie is going to be very, very happy with this guy. You are That's muted, host. Minus That's five. That's a minus. That's a minus. That's a minus. Uh, let me ask you a question here, though. You have a first-round grade on him. You say pick 23. What, what's your what's your cornerback rank? Like, if you just off the top of the dome here and the cornerbacks that you can think of, what would be your rankings for cornerbacks right now if he, if, uh, if Petrie's in round one? So I am first I am first with um, Sauce Gardner. I think he's a little better. I won't say better than Derek Stingley. I just, I've seen more Sauce Gardner more recently. And cornerback to me, I don't know if you fall right in like you do as a wide receiver uh, position like Jamar Chase did after a year off. So I would go, I would go Sauce Gardner, then I go Stingley, then I go McDuffie, then I would probably go Jalen Petrie, and that is after seeing his tape. I know there's a lot of good guys out there. Um, you know, I have another guy coming up we can talk about. He's not on that level yet, but he has the capability to rise. Um, so those would be my fourth. And you know, you can slide Kyler Gordon in there somewhere. I don't think he's fifth. Uh, you forget, you forget about my boy that I talked about yesterday on Monday's show. Kyer Elam. Eh. Yeah, you forget you about, forget about my next guy. <laughs> Oh, um, oh, or or the next guy that that Dylan has. Andrew Booth kind of ooh, ooh. Ah, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Sir, so sorry. Clown. So sorry. 
My fault. My bad. You got me excited, bro. I'm just ready. To, I'm I'm sorry. I told you it's draft season. I'm hype. My bad, folks. My bad, Phil. My bad. Why don't you just go right in and we can we Want can debate just come about into it. it. That'd right. be great. Well, it's Andrew Booth, Arizona <laughs> Cardinals, cornerback, round one pick. Let's do it. Andrew Booth from Clemson University. Now, this guy, I tell you, the Clemson defense was good last year. They were pretty solid. They just couldn't score. So he, he made a lot of plays on that outside. He has great footwork. He's got uh, very fast ball hawking s skills and solid, solid uh, coverage skills. Tackling can be a little bit of a problem. He had three picks in 2021, two picks in 2020. He's bad against good route runners. So he might get beat a little bit if someone gives him a little shimmy, shimmy head shake. Uh, that, that, might, that might leave his jock strap on the floor. But other than that, I mean, he's, he's a pretty solid corner. I think he, he plays the high motor. I like him a lot. And, hey, they had some success. Uh, I think that a lot. Uh, I think I like uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Booth there from Clemson to the Arizona Cardinals. So they do, speaking of their depth charges a little bit, I know they added Jeff Gladney. That, uh, he hasn't played football in a year. He had the off-the-field stuff. A little bit of question marks there. I think it's all right to where he could come in and potentially see some time but not get enough time right away to where he could uh, work his way into some consistent playing time on that defense. So I, I have a question here. And it, it isn't really for Dylan. His pick, that's a good pick. That I like that pick a lot. But your pick's in round one. AJ's pick's in round one. You guys both went corner. I'm just going to tease this here real quick. Aaron, yours is a cornerback, but it's not in round one. I, I want to know before you get into your pick, where you think the Arizona Cardinals need to go in round one? Um, I, I think edge rusher, what are they, 23? Yep. Um, I, I think edge rusher is going to be where they go. Uh, okay. Again, we talk about putting pressure on the quarterback. Those tend to be the most valuable guys. You can get a good one in the first round. You're okay after four years paying that guy. Um, not that I don't think this is a deep defensive back class, but I don't really think it's very deep. I think when you get when you start actually getting off of those first three or four guys that we mentioned, all those guys have flaws. There's some upside there, but it's not like hey, this is a this is a sure thing here. So I think Sauce Gardner is going to be gone. I think Stingley's going to be gone. Um, McDuffie, I think will be there, but I don't think Arizona goes there because I, I do think they're going to go edge rusher. So at 23, I'm thinking edge rusher. Off the top of my head, okay. who do I have a mock to? I don't know. Um, I didn't go first round in this for this. No, pick. Yeah, you're, I, I, I was really asking more for, for the position. If the, yeah. if the people want to know who Our your pick is. actually is, they're just going to have to tune into all of our social medias at Sac city pod. Uh, but who do you have the Arizona Cardinals as a must grab player? Um, well, it's, it's a guy that I, I, that's not really on my B roll and I don't know where it went. <laughs> uh, oh, hold oh. that, hold that thought. Cause I am going yes. to, he is not it. there either for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. Well, I will. I will. And I won't do this really as a stalling thing, but I will give you a special yeah. shout out here. Somehow, some way you got every single one of these B-rolls at 33 seconds on the dot. And yeah. that's a lot of B-roll. That's a lot of videos. And if for people who don't know what we're talking about, we got videos rolling here. We're like a real show here. Right? We, we do our best. And Aaron does all these videos on his wife's birthday. Shout out, Jess. Happy birthday. Uh, Happy but, birthday. I mean, this is 33 seconds on the dot. When you have a clown show like Dylan who gets his picks in at the very last minute, he is still able to get 33 seconds on the dot. That's special, man. That's special. Don't give me yeah, your secrets. You know, I, I, I try. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, okay, so I got my guy up here. So, look, I, I'm talking about a guy that maybe not a lot of people know about. He only played. He's only been a corner for two years. He's a converted wide receiver. He's from the University of Texas of San Antonio, and that's Tariq Woolen. This guy is rangy. He's long. He is not your typical body of a of a cornerback, right? You're talking about a guy, 6'4", 205, who ran a 4'2", 6'40". He has size, length, speed, great ball skills. Again, a converted wide receiver. Um, he obviously can, you know, learn some technique. It's kind of sloppy at times. Needs to improve in the run game. But this is a playmaker on the defensive side of the football that is going to go and get you interceptions. Um, his pad level is a little bit high at times, but this guy is going to make plays. I, I am going to throw out a name, and some of you may remember him. Some of you may not. He got in some trouble. But he, he reminds me a lot of a super fast version, a, a speedier version of a Brandon Browner. Uh, and Brandon Browner was a big, tall, 
rangy cornerback. He was 6'4", just like this guy. And you don't usually see that at this position, but this guy runs a 4-2-6. This is a guy who reminds me a lot of Antonio Cromartie's ball skills with Brandon Browner's size. And it's it's scary to me how good he could be yeah. if he can learn some technique, if he can get a coach in there that can teach him how to hold leverage, how to, you know, work his hands on press coverage, because this guy is going to go and get the football. Um, his pro day wasn't great. His, his, uh, what's the, what do they call the, the thing in India? I always forget what it's called. The combine? The, combine. The, combine. <laughs> the combine. I was watching it. He was really sloppy and in and out of his breaks, but when he would go up for the football, and high point a ball or just his speed. It was just out of this world. And I, I really like a guy like that, um, taking that upside and maybe you can mold him into something. So I went with Tariq Woolen in the second round. It's, it's probably a little bit high. I, I could see him dropping because of his raw, not having the experience, but some team is going to look at that physical freak and say, dude, we can make a, we can make a player out of him. They, they always do. They love that size and speed. I wanted to, I wanted to see where the rankings had like some some rankings I, I went on, I went on to look at where roughly he is he falls around eighth as the eighth best corner in cornerback in this draft right behind Kyler Gordon Elam uh, McCreary at Auburn Andrew Booth uh, but he falls right there now you you brought up the fact that he was a converted wide receiver and you didn't did you bring up Trayvon Diggs at all. Cause that's what, that's what Diggs was. He is a converted wide receiver where he was, what is your assessment between those two players? And do you see Diggs in Woolen at all? I think Diggs was a little bit more polished. He obviously plays, you know, played at playing at Alabama. You get the coaching that can polish you up a little bit better than a guy from university of Texas of San Antonio. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't want to compare those two, but they both have really good ball skills. And I, I think that's the comparison is when you're a converted wide receiver, your ball skills are usually great because you've, you know, you've been catching the ball your whole life. So um, I like that aspect. I love playmakers. I like guys that are going to go create turnovers. Even if you get beat, we talked about guys getting beaten digs last year, maybe got beat on some plays, but those sudden change turnovers are so big in the NFL. They create so much momentum that if you can do that, there's a spot for you in this league. Okay. I like it. I like it. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers who are one win away from making it to the Super Bowl. They need a guard, a safety, a cornerback. Their first pick falls in round two as uh, a 61st pick followed up by 93 and so on and so forth. AJ, let's start with you, buddy. Where do the San Francisco 49ers need to go in this draft? Who's a must-have player? All right. So the 49ers, we know they lost some cornerback help and uh, their defense is kind of what they hang their hat on, knowing that their offense is going to have big explosive plays. So I kind of went to look for a guy who can get us some big expo- explosive plays as well as help that defense. And that's cornerback Marcus Jones out of Houston. The cool thing about this guy is he's not just a cornerback. He is also a kick returner, punt returner, and what some people have called maybe the best punt returner in college football history. I'll let that be for everybody else. Uh, but this guy has played well when he got the opportunity to be a cornerback. Five interceptions, one forced fumble in 2021. Uh, he got his first play against Memphis in 2021, and they went at him, put 18 targets on his head. He had two interceptions and three pass breakups. Didn't let much happen. Now, as a kick returner, as a special teams guy, and you're getting him in the third round, this guy has nine total career return touchdowns in college. Nine. Almost 3,000 return yards. It's insane, including a game-winning kick return touch- touchdown against SMU in 2021. Uh, this guy will help you out, and we talked about these guys who need a little extra help to play their position. You can do it on special teams. You'll get that look. Uh, so I like this guy, Marcus Jones. He had one hit I, I was telling Aaron about. I wish it was on the B-roll. This guy's just flying down the sideline. And Marcus Jones is nowhere to be found. And at the last second before he dies to the touchdown, Marcus Jones comes in, cleans his clock, makes him think twice about playing football ever again. Uh, <laughs> he's physical. He's fast. And uh, he can do it for you on the defensive side of the ball and on special teams. Marcus Jones, University of Houston. Cleans his clock. I like that pick. I like that. Pick this a was lot. one of my, this was one of my favorite picks, honestly, out of all 16 of our picks today. Um, I, we talk about playmaking. I just mentioned that to, to have the ability to play special teams at the elite level, in which he did and still have the skill and technique 
to fit in as a defensive back? Like, is he going to be perfect? No. Are there some technique things he needs to learn? Yes. Does he have some sloppy footwork at times, but this is a guy that you can put on the field day one and have an impact on, on your team. And I think with the loss of, of everybody, the 49ers lost, especially in the back end, they're going to need that. And I, I think this is a guy that you can, you can feel comfortable drafting and have him fit right in. Um, they got Ambry who was a rookie last year. So I wondered how early they go DB in this draft and they started to like him, uh, but they lost guys in the, in, on the safety. And then um, obviously the other corner could use some help. So um, I, I just, like I said, this was one of my favorite picks, honestly, out of all 16. Well done, AJ. Well done. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off this one and go with my pick. It's a safety out of Georgia. I'm going with Lewis, Lewis scene. He is a player and you, you brought up something here that I'm, and I'm hoping it's in the B roll. We'll find out if it is, but he had a play against Kyle Pitts in the Florida Georgia game that you talk about rocking <laughs> players. This boy lit Kyle Pitts up in this game, but let's get into a Lewis scene. Safety out of Georgia. This dude is an absolute animal and they might have to trade up for this. This is one of the rare times where I'm saying a team should be trading up for this guy. They have two third round picks and this late second round pick. If I'm, if I'm San Francisco, I am trading up to get Lewis seen the safety out of Georgia. He sees the game. Fantastic. He's a reliable tackler. We just talked about Kobe Bryant before how his concern was tackling. You don't have to worry about that at all with scene. He is one of the best run defensive safeties in, in the nation. He's first among sec safeties in terms of a run defense grade, according to PFF, which obviously I don't have a subscription to sorry, Cincinnati Bengals fans, but he is the highest graded safety. He had the highest graded safety season at Georgia since 2018. This past year, this dude will go up and give you a little, uh, he'll, He'll go up, he'll crack you, he'll leave you wounded. He will, he sees the field incredible. Lewis seen safety, Georgia, boom. Baby Vaccaro. He reminds me a lot of Kenny Vaccaro coming out of Texas. Um, I I really, really like him. I didn't get no B-roll of him hitting Kyle Pitts from two years ago or whatever. Well, I, so basically, you know how you were talking about how Dylan, you were concerned about Dylan pronoun- pronouncing the guy's name right? I did. I looked up all my players' names beforehand <laughs> and to make sure that I was pronouncing their name right. And the one video I got where they actually said his name was the Florida-Georgia game where he just absolutely – and he got tossed away. It was like a targeting penalty and everything. It was it was bad. <laughs> but it wasn't like, it wasn't like he, he purposely tried to do it like – if. If I saw that, I would have been like, ah, I don't know if I want to make it here. But this is not only a pick that that San Francisco should make in the second round, but this is a pick that they should go up and get. They have two third round picks. Make a move and go get yourself a safety. I like it. Yeah, Georgia's I like defense, it. man. I, oh. I'm not mad at you. Yeah, if you're taking somebody off Georgia's defense, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah. No, that's a bad pick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Aaron, you you do you also have a safety? Who do you think the 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 Niners should be going after? Uh, I do have a safety. Uh, my safety is not as probably as well known as your safety, but um, he's you know maybe <laughs> maybe maybe kind of a big deal. Maybe he doesn't play on Georgia's defense, but I, oh, I also think that losing trash. guys like uh, Jaquarski Tart, obviously, who drops the you know interception, maybe sends mm. them. Um, but their back end needs help. I was only focused on their back end. I didn't care where else we talked about draft. The 49ers need to draft somebody on the back end, and for me. It's safety Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph from Illinois. Uh, again, many people may not have heard of him, but this is a guy who is rangy. He can fight through blocks. He has very, very good ball skills. I am about playmaking. He is opportunistic. He's versatile. He had 57 tackles, five interceptions, and two pass, pass breakups. He is the highest rated graded safety by PFF metrics. By the way, in 2021, guys, you guys should check out PFF. Uh, highest graded safety. Hey, this guy, again, is just a playmaker. He finds the football, and good things happen when he's around the ball. I, I think the 49ers, again, an opportunistic defense with an offense that we're not sure how they're going to work with the quarterback position, gets them some extra possessions. Um, I, I think it's big that they go get a playmaker on the back end, and I like Kirby Joseph to do that. Either way, safety is safety is the call. Uh, and focus on that back end. Aaron is a big guy who likes uh, focusing on back ends. I like ends, back man. ends. I like I like when they have a nice back end. Especially tonight. Happy birthday, Jessica. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Shout out, Porto. <laughs> 
Oh Lord. <laughs> oh man. Can we confirm or can we can we confirm about Porto's back end? Is that uh, we, it's pretty large. It's large. It's large. It's large. It's large. It's large. All right, Dylan, you're Porto's number one fan here. Bring us uh bring us home with the San Francisco 49ers pick. Speaking of Porto, let's stay out in California with the 49ers here with the last pick in the draft. Uh, whoa, last pick on the 49ers side of our coverage here. Um, I'm actually going later into the third round. Their second, third round pick, I'm going to the back end, and I'm going Cordell <laughs> Flott. Cordell Flott. You know, we, we've seen a lot of LSU defensive backs just thrive in this league. This guy's a great corner. He is very unpolished, though. So that's why I think he's a mid mid to late, their second, third round pick. He has a high motor. He plays his ass off, Rudy style. He's got a long corner, needs to get thick. He's only 175 pounds. He only had one pick last year. But like I said, he's very raw, tons of op- upside. He's solid in his own coverage, can make a lot of plays in that area. Um, I think he could fit well in that NFC East division as a cornerback. I mean, they did sign Chuck Ward and Darquise Denard. They also got some other pieces there um, at the cornerback position. So he doesn't need to start right away. I just think there's a lot of upside with this guy. He he is lanky, but uh, I think he's a solid football player and can help the 49ers eventually, if not this year. Yeah, if only the Niners played in the NFC East, huh? I'm at West. I know, I know what you meant. No, I, I like him. And you, you mentioned Thinking about Porto's back end. LSU. <laughs> uh, LSU is is um, they always have high rated guys coming out um, on their defensive backfield. So when you get a guy there, you know that's somebody that's been coached well, that's played at a high level, playing in the SEC. Um, the only thing I don't like about him, honestly, is his name. I'm not excited if he becomes a star. Hey, that's another play by Cordell Flott. Like that just doesn't excite me. <laughs> you imagine Gus Johnson, Cordell Flat. <laughs> One of the Cordells. Not, not a bad pick. One of the flots. Big big time flot guy. Big time flot guy. All right, let's do our last flot team flot. here. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Their needs look like this. Obviously, the Seattle Seahawks are uh, a lot. Uh, Talked about a lot this offseason, obviously trading Russell Wilson. Their needs look like this tackle cornerback and a quarterback. Uh, they've got picks nine, 40, 41, 72, so on and so forth. Uh, I want to start this one off because it ties into it doesn't really tie in. It's just a good segue. Dylan, you had an LSU guy. We're talking about LSU's backfield. I'm going to go up a level and I'm going to talk about LSU's linebacking group and talk about how the Seattle Seahawks need to go out and get Damon Clark. Now, I know what everyone's saying. Damon Clark obviously had the big news break just uh, after the after the combine that he's going to require spinal fusion surgery that will put him out the all of 2022 season. He'll miss his entire rookie season. But this dude easily could have been a first round pick if he did not have to go through that surgery. He is an absolute dog for the LSU Tigers this past season. I watched him a lot when he dominated against Alabama. I watched him a lot in the SEC. This guy is a tackling machine. And hey, Seattle, you just lost a guy named Bobby Wagner, who is arguably one of the best tacklers in the NFL. Go out and get Damon Clark. And in two years, you're going to be able to see him be one of the best tacklers in the NFL. Led the SEC in tackles, fourth in the nation. He's an absolute machine. Will fit perfectly under Pete Carroll. Go get you Damon Clark. I have a question about that. Um, I did not know at first that he, you know, what, what had happened and he's having the spinal fusion surgery. Do you see a situation possibly where it's like, um, like when the Cowboys drafted, uh, geez, why can't I think of anybody's Jaylen name right Smith. now? Jalen Smith out of Notre Dame. And they kind of thought he wasn't going to play. He didn't play because they reached, they, they, I mean, he was supposed to go first round. They reached early in the second round to take him. Do you think this is the kind of a player who you mentioned maybe projected in the first round that can last until the fourth round? Or is a team going to jump on that sooner than and say, you know what, we'll sacrifice, especially maybe a winning team, we'll sacrifice this year because of the type of player he can be? And I know that might be medical concern. Yeah, maybe they have to check all the medical boxes first. But um, I could see him maybe even going a little bit earlier than the fourth round. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely possible. And if honestly, if I'm Seattle, I would go I would even go as far as going into the third round with with, with trying to get him. I mean, this is this is a guy who is and that's the thing with Seattle. And you talk about how maybe a winning team goes out and get him, and, and obviously he can 
recover while they're still winning. Whereas Seattle, you're in that rebuild mode. So you're not going to be winning anything this year anyways. So go out and get you those building blocks, those foundation pieces that are going to be able to take you through the, through the next five, 10 years. Damon Clark is that guy. He's an exceptional talent. He's an absolute stud. Could be what would have been a first round pick in my opinion, if uh, he didn't have to uh, go through this surgery, almost like, and I don't want to make the same comparison because jock had an injury or health concerns that he could play through but it made him fall and now this is going to make damon clark fall whether he falls that far to the fourth round or not i think this is a player that the seattle seahawks must go grab even in the third round shit i don't even care if it's in the second round if you have to do it that's a go out and get that's, you a damon clark that's too far of a reach i mean the second but i get you this i worry is, this about i worry far. about a team like it's seattle final. doing that yeah, it's a spinal injury. It's not an ACL for Jalen Smith. It's not a heart condition for Jock. This is a spinal injury that is spinal fusion well, that he's going through. To be fair, Jalen's wasn't just an ACL. He had nerve it damage. Was a whole knee. And yeah. yeah, so they were they were concerned about even ever having feeling in his knee again. So uh, I just think it might be a little bit early for a team that has so many holes. Like if you're if you're a team that's close to winning, you can say, you know what, we'll just put them on the back burner. We already have a middle linebacker, maybe who's going to be a free agent in a year. Uh, but with the team like that, I don't know if you want to use a pick and then you're not only your organization, your fan base is everybody like, man, what, what are you doing? We yeah. have to wait a year to see if this guy can even play at the level he played at before. Yeah, but it's an well, interesting maybe- it's an interesting idea. Well, maybe Seahawks fans will be like Jaguar fans when the Jags took Brian Anger over Russell Wilson shortly after, and they could feel like us and be heartbroken. Uh, we were who's very next? angry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go. Let's go, uh, Aaron. You obviously have some connections to my pick. I'll go with you next. Uh, okay. Oh, I got you. Now, yeah, we go. I see what I'm doing there. I see what I'm doing there. Let's keep it going. We're going to stay in the SEC, and I think it's DB all the way. Um, if Seattle takes a linebacker, it'll be Devin Lloyd in the first round, but I don't think they go there. I think they take a defensive back and it's Derek Stingley, arguably the best defensive back prospect to ever play at LSU. This guy has everything. And today there was concerns about his pro day and he ran a four, three talking about a six foot corner. Who's fast, physical, fluid, patient has speed and his ball skills are off the charts. Um, this dude is a legit lockdown corner. I think he might end up being the best cornerback out of this draft as much as I love sauce Gardner. And I think sauce goes first. I think if Seattle can get him at nine, I think they're winning here. Uh, he had six interceptions in his freshman short, uh, freshman season. Then he had a short in 2020 and only played three games last year. So a lot of people haven't seen a whole lot of them in a few years. And that there's been some concerns about the foot injury, but he went out on his pro day and shined, um, I think this guy is a top 10 lock and I give my player comps all the time. This is D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo Hall was a very, very, very good corner in the NFL for a very long time. And this guy has that potential. Uh, I, I, I love him. You said he was the best DB in LSU history. That is, I believe that's something. He's arguably the best defensive back prospect to come into LSU in their history. And we're talking about some really good guys, right? We're talking about some great defensive backs. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. So do you, so you have sauce Stingley or Stingley sauce drafted. That's how I have them drafted. Where do you have it ranked? Where were your rank? Where are your rank cornerback? My number one cornerback in this draft is Stingley. That I I also have Singley as my number one cornerback in this draft, and I've been hearing he a lot one. of the talk about Sauce, but I just I think I think Stingley is arguably one of the best players in this draft as a whole. When you look at it, every player in it, he is arguably the best player in this draft. Um, so that's a good pick for Seattle if they can if they can land him. AJ, let's go with you next, buddy. I really do like the Stingley pick, um, and this I'm also going around one pick nine, and to me this is a very important place to pick. But I kind of go with what you were talking about, Vinny. Like, they're not going to be winning for a while. And you did just acquire Drew Locke. And if you want to blow smoke and say you like Drew Locke enough, that's fine. I do think that they should project for the next season and take this year with Drew Locke. You're not going to win. Put some stuff around for the guy that you're coming to get next season. Um, So for me, I went with the tackle. That has been their problem for years on end. That's why Russell Wilson's gone. Um, So, and the big thing before I play it, um, it's Ikem Aquanu. I have not seen someone who has a solid, this tackle is going first. So whether it's Evan Neal, whether it's Charles Cross, whether it's Ika McQuanu, uh, one of these guys may fall here, and I think they should jump. I picked Ika McQuanu out of NC State. 
powerful, plays angry, no wasted reps. Every motion has something behind it. This guy is one of the best run blockers in college football, definitely the best in this draft. Um, at NC State, this man had 18 what they call big-time blocks. What that means is he's making sure you are going to feel everything. He's got really long arms, and once he hits you, you're going to feel it. People call this guy a bully because he's looking to put you down every single time. And he's really good with his body. His picks, his blocks aren't just, oh, I put my hands on you and I pushed you. He'll put his back on you and push you the opposite direction. He'll hook a guy just so there's enough of a gap for the running back to fit in and the defender has to go around him. He uses his technique to his ability and to his uh, to his advantage, and he's really, really smart at it. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the best tackles in this draft. Could be the first one off the board. I think we'll get some more clarity on that, obviously, as the weeks are coming up. So I choose Zach McQuanum, NC State. He, he he's been he's been like I don't think there's oh. a chance in hell Ekamakwanu is making it to nine. Ooh, I, that's, really? a, there, that's is, a, there is zero chance that dude is making it to nine. This dude is an absolute monster. He's not making it to nine. <laughs> if Seattle I've wants him, they are going to have to move up. I, I've seen Who's I've seen him? people saying the Jaguars are could go they're, for him at number one argue, overall. They're arguing that he could go number one. The Giants yeah. could take him. Um, I, I don't have the draft order right in front of me, but uh, there is, to me, and if if he's dropping to six, seven, you will see a team move up to get him. I, I don't think there is a chance in hell he makes it to nine. If Seattle wants him, they need to move up because that is a that is a bookmark tackle that will be your tackle for the next 10 years. That dude is a straight monster. He's great. Um, He's fantastic. I told you, I thought if Cam Robinson left, I think Ikemaquanu would be a lock for the Jaguars. But when they franchised him, now I worry about it, but there's still a chance. Like that dude is a straight beast. Over Cam Robinson. You have him over Neil? Rather over Evan Neal. I would start Ikemaquanu right now over Cam Robinson. Yeah. Would you I, would start, I would start both those tackles over Cam Robinson, to be completely honest. But Ikemaquanu is, to me, is the best tackle in this draft. Evan Neal's See, nice. He is not Ikemaquanu. And, and I agree with you. And I agree with you. It's just that I haven't seen anyone like people are trying to argue Charles Cross may sneak up in here. They still haven't decided what Evan Neal can do because he's so great at pass blocking, where Ekamaquanu is so good at run blocking. So, and once you, if those two guys, we know Detroit's getting an edge rusher. We have no clue what Houston's going to do. I'm operating under the thought process that they're going to get an edge rusher. New York needs a cornerback or a receiver. Carolina may steal an O tackle, and you're right about the Giants. They may as well, but they also need an edge rusher. So there's so it's just it's so many questions. And if these three guys had a clear cut one, two, three, I, I would feel different. I chose Ekum because honestly, I wanted to talk about him and he is yeah. that good. You just want to say his name too. You just want to say his name too. It's funny. I, and you talk, we talked about where the, the rankings and stuff. So I'm looking at CBS's rankings right now. Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Tyler Linderbaum, and no then way. yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. I get it, but I want to go but back on this way, just for center, a second. You, know? you, you said there's a chance that Quanu could go one or potentially Evan Neal. I don't think there's a chance the Jags could go tackle at one. And I want to bring it up. They they drafted Walker Little last year. They still have Juwan Taylor. They still have Cam Robinson. There's no way you bring another tackle into that mix, do you? You do anything you want. You do anything you have to do to protect your franchise quarterback. And if you think Ikemaquanu or Evan Neal is a straight franchise type of tackle, you do it. And don't get don't get it twisted. Cam Robinson got franchise tagged, so yeah, yeah. that rookie can come in, play the right side. They can move somebody else around. They're not, and then just say, "Okay, bye bye, Cam Robinson," next year and slide him right over. So uh, don't. I, I wouldn't get fooled by the fact that they have a bunch of guys there now. There's always trades yeah. the draft that might include one of those players. Um, it would not hey, shock hey, me. Hey, hey, Dylan, the Jaguars trade back into the first round for Tyler Linderbaum as their center, and they've drafted Aiden Hutchinson. Cream your pants right now. Make your pick. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love I that. would too. <laughs> of course you would. That's a lot better than ATN with their second first rounder. But let's go. Yeah. Let's take a look. Um, I'm going right back there. I'm with AJ's logic. Like, they do have another year they could go with, uh, with a quarterback. You don't need to reach on a quarterback here. So I'm going Charles Cross. Charles Cross, the big buffet boy from Mississippi State. You talk about a big fella. This guy is uh, 6'5", 307. He's not extremely athletic, but he's a great left tackle. He's a true day one uh, left tackle. He's very strong, plays to his strengths. 
And he can match up with power rushers. I mean, this guy's everything you need. Seattle's needed a left tackle for the longest time. Uh, Russell Wilson's taking a lot of sacks. They got Rashad Penny re-signed. They could have a run game. I don't think they go quarterback here in the first round because you strictly look at that roster and what they could do. It's more of a next-year type of move. I don't think any quarterback goes in the first round this year, and I'm dead serious when I say that. I'm I'm very close to agreeing with you. I'm very close to agreeing with you. I do think one ends up going because teams love quarterbacks, but I, I don't think Seattle takes a quarterback here. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, it's Drew Locke. It's Drew Locke. Who, whether it's Drew Locke this year, if you go and spend that first round pick on a project that, because we, we all know, I don't care which quarterback you draft in this draft class, it's going to be a project. They're not ready to come in and start day one. And you make a project out of it and then it doesn't pan out. Your, your franchise gets set back, right? Because now you've wasted that first round pick. I think with a stronger first round or a stronger quarterback class next year, you go build your team. And you get a quarterback in there that has some experience and you say, okay, Drew Locke, you get another chance here. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But if it doesn't, then we're probably picking early first round again next year and we can have a chance at one of those quarterbacks. And I and I, I just don't see Seattle. We talked about Baker. I don't see it. I think Seattle is okay with going into day one yep. of Drew Locke as their starter. Even if Drew Locke are. isn't good. I mean, we've, yeah. seen the, we've seen the quarterback movement over the last few. I mean, even next offseason, they may not even sit here thinking, oh, we need a quarterback. They, they would probably need one. They may not draft one. They could say, look, oh, uh, Baker Mayfield's gone. He's off his rookie deal. Let's sign him. Or there could be other movement that goes along. Daniel Jones has a good year, but they don't want to keep him. Boom. Daniel Jones. Like, there's multiple pieces that could fit there. So, I mean, you never know what can happen with the quarterback room. The, the Seahawks know where they are. You don't let go of a quarter, a franchise quarterback and your franchise linebacker, the last remnants of that Super Bowl championship team, and say we're ready to win. They, they know they have to start building a team before they bring a guy they truly believe can be their signal caller. I'm going to leave it with this on the quarterback talk with the, with the Seattle Seahawks. I agree with you guys about not taking one early and, and this and that. Don't be surprised if they end up taking a guy like Carson Strong later on in the draft and he actually becomes their starting quarterback in 2022. I think I'm Carson sure. Strong is I believe they possible. should. That's possible. Yeah. I think that that's the route they end up going with. I think that's where the Seattle Seahawks end up going with. They 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 do what you guys are saying and they don't I'm reach on you. one of these quarterbacks and there's not one quarterback that gets drafted to me in this draft that comes out and starts day 1. Not one. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't. Have, and, and, and and the other thing is, is I don't see that big of a drop off between a Carson Strong in round three versus a Malik Willis in round one. I don't see that. I, there there is. I'm I'm not saying that that, that there there there's none at all. But I'm I'm saying well, I would I, say especially that, for I Seattle, I would say it's not a drop off of where they're at now. But the upside of Malik Willis goes here. The upside of Carson yeah. Strong doesn't yeah. reach to that level. That's Agreed. the difference. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Boom. That does it for NFC West draft coverage uh, for this evening. We've broken it down. If you guys missed any of it, all the YouTube clips will be out there on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. And if you want to go back and watch or listen to the entire show, please check it out on all podcasting platforms. We are there and be sure to leave us a review. AJ, break it down for the fans one more time before we head on out. I can do that. Ladies, gentlemen, head on over to Sac City Pod on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> Those things are good for your breath. Just like TikTok is good for your life, especially when you subscribe to Sac City Pod. So head over there, do that, hit those likes, hit those shares. It ain't a good day without the Sac City Pod, baby. Oh, loving these rhymes, loving these rhymes. We'll be back again on Friday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Belly Up Sports TV on Roku. Please check us out there. Check us out everywhere. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for your boy, AJ Johnson, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns. I am me. We will see you Friday. Peace out. Bye. That's what we call a sack lunch. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And 
we're still here.